The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. So speaking of stringencies, um, today we actually would like to discuss the anti-stringency law. Um, we're getting back to some of the basics, which we did a long time ago, but I'd like to get into a little deeper, which is, so, so in everything, on, as Ron was mentioning, Ashkenazim, at least, always looking for, and rabbis for sure, always looking to be as stringent as possible in all laws of the Torah, which could cause um, difficulty sometimes in life, stress in the marriage, um, and various other things which are not good for you. Um, so we always, we always generally seem to try to find stringencies. It's a, it's a psychological um, illness, I believe, of, uh, of some forms of religion, including, it's not only Judaism, it's uh, Islam, that was actually just uh, a lot of things. In many uh, religions today, people try to be the strictest, um, which could have some pluses, but there clearly are some minuses. So this is uh, one place in the Torah where we find that on the contrary, this this law we're going to talk about today, which is the law of pikuach nefesh, the law of making sure you stay alive as an individual or helping someone else stay alive, which is in this last week's parasha and in this week's parasha, as we're going to see. This week's parasha talks about um, parasha kedoshim is You stay, should not stand idly by while someone else's blood is being shed. Um, and last week's parasha, as we're going to see, is v'chai bahem, famous law, which is one of the main sources where we derive that if a mitzvah in any which way endangers your life, or even, as we'll see, even might endanger your life, so then we violate the mitzvah as a po- um, and uh, life overrides the mitzvah. So it's a very basic law and um, very important to understand. I'm going to talk about it. So normally, as we're saying, we, don't, we try to find stringencies here on the contrary. Even if there's a literally a 1% chance that by doing, by observing this mitzvah, whichever one of the mitzvahs it may be, except the, the, the special three, um, the cardinal sins, which we're not going to get into. So the halacha is you need to be lenient. We always rule leniently. We err on the side of caution. So, so this is the difference, the anti-chumrah um, law, as we call it. Yes, something's bothering you. Oh, okay. A lot of things bother you. I don't get paid enough for those. Okay. I was actually thinking about something. You said we violate the laws. You're not violating. Oh, so that's a good question. We're going to get you're, you're, you're observing the... Oh, uh, excellent, the, uh, excellently stated. We're going to talk about that, yes. So actually, so, um, so that is... Uh, there is uh, a few ways to learn it. So let's start from the beginning here. Um, so... You know what, I'm going to start first with another side point, which is the second paragraph here. Before we get to the verses, which are the sources for this leniency, so-called leniency, and Manny's pointing out a very good point. Are we violating the law, or are we observing this new law called Pikoch Nefesh? So how do we view it? That's a very important distinction that we're going to discuss also. But uh, but the second, uh, this is ca- the, just to show you how... Um, lenient and how sh- much we want to stress to be lenient. The Shulchan Aruch in the laws of Shabbos, and this is, or I think, in one other place, says like this: It says, "Mishiyesh lochol ishal sakana." This is in the laws of Shabbat. If someone has an illness, he, which is a life-threatening illness, a dangerous illness, or something that it's not only life-threatening in itself, something that can lead lead to a life-threatening illness. So you're in a state now where you're fine. But if you don't uh, treat it or you don't do something to prevent further illness, you can um, you can get into a state of 
life-threatening illness. So the loch is mitzvah It's not permitted. It's an obligation. Mitzvah, in this case, means obligatory. Not mitzvah means like cross an old lady in the street. Do a good deed. It means it's an obligatory. Okay, mitzvah from the word tzivui, tzav. Those are the word commandments. Commandment to violate Shabbat, as we're going to see the sources. Not only that, says the says the Shulchan Aruch, of Yosef Kara says, "Vahazariz harezim mishubach." The quicker you run to violate Shabbat, um, the more praiseworthy it is. So again, first of all, it's obligatory. But sometimes, you know, it's obligatory. You come to shul in the morning, you know, you put a guy in the you know, as they say, right? So uh, this is, it says a mitzvah to run. The quicker you run, the quicker you violate Shabbat, the more praiseworthy you are. Violate. No. Okay? Yeah. So so whether it's as a physician, whether as a layperson, as a rabbi, whatever the case is, um, you need to do, you don't you don't sit around. When it comes to a question of someone's life, you run to do it. Um, as a matter of fact, the and the ne- I didn't quote it here, but the next halacha says, um, it says even if a hundred people are running to do it, so listen, only the guy only needs one person to save him. So he says the case is a guy needs an apple off a tree, he's, he's, whatever it is, he fainted. So ripping an apple off a tree on Shabbat is is prohibited, biblically prohibited, um, according to most. Um, so so uh, so the you have a hundred people running to rip an apple. It says every single one should go and rip the apple off a tree because one guy might be quicker than the other. So we don't know who's going to get there quicker, and therefore everyone and none of them violated Shabbat, even though he only needed one apple. Okay, so it's very important to understand. Again, we're showing you how lenient that doesn't become. make sense. It does, because the quicker he gets, it's an emergency. So we want to make sure the response time is going to be the quickest. It, and we don't know who, which of these hundred is the quickest responder. So therefore, you know, this guy could be, you know, it's like the start of a race. So the guy who leaves the finish line later could still be the winner. Yeah, but okay, therefore, so the guy who's picking up the apple last, he might be the quickest to get it. But isn't it also intense that every, every one of them is going to try and save this guy's life? So you're thinking... True, yes, yes, yes. But you might say, like Ron's saying, it's like, you know, give me a break. But, you know, we could have 10 guys running. We don't need 100 to run. Exactly. Yeah, but how do you know that the others are running? Oh, the so that's the point. So we're saying since there's a chance that one of them will respond quicker, we don't... Sure you know, so it's not only about the intent. It's You're right. At the end, if he didn't end up saving his life, he still didn't violate Shabbat, obviously, because he did it with the purpose of saving, of saving a life. That's but a little but extreme. Yeah, so that's so, so what I'm showing you. It is extreme. It says it all. Oh, and now we're going to get to the next sentence. One sentence. What do you do with all the other apples? So that's a good question, which is not for today, which is, can I eat, can someone else eat the apples who's not sick now that they were ripped off on Shabbos? Because normally not ripped off. Sounds like you should, otherwise it's a waste. No, you could eat it after Shabbos. For example, if there's a question, and I had this, I once worked in a hospital as a mashkiach kashrut in New York, in uh, Mount Sinai Hospital, when I was single, when I needed desperate for money. I'm still desperate for money, but I'm not. No, after so one second, well, let me finish my picked, story. Then that obligation stops. No, no, again, because it's how many oh, people are going to make. The response the time. Person. What we care about is the response time. Response time is very important, as we know, in cases of emergency. Um, how quick you can uh, drown a child, God forbid, mm-hmm. a drowning person or a, a cardiac arrest. The response time is very important. So therefore, it's, what, it's not the picking of the apple that saves the guy's life. It's the response. It's who's going to get it there the quickest. Okay, so so one guy might have a scooter. The other guy's going to send it on a drone. And fourth apple. Right, exactly. Keep on picking it until the guy is until, revived. So as soon as the guy's had the 
as bitten into the first apple, then, then the then obligation yes, stops. Exactly. Then you've got to stop with the apple. Now, then the point is, by the way, this is very relevant. I was going to talk about response. I mean, there's so many. This is this is just an umbrella rule. There's so many things, applications, and the question is, how far and do you then take of course, it? Do you Let's know say, when he bit into the apple? No, meaning response. Stuff, for example, um, this is very, very yeah, relevant practically. Do you, <laughs> if let's say I can use, and for example, they have uh, voluntary ambulance services, um, Jewish run in New York City. Many of them are actually starting one in Houston now, in Fondren. Um, they're starting one of those uh, because in order to claim that the response time is much quicker when you have these places as opposed to the, F, you know, the fire department or EMS, which sometimes they're not, they're not, they're not like pressing the gas, they're not driving on sidewalks, they're not running over people to get there. Um, so, uh, so the... Uh, when the EMS comes behind me and I'm driving my car, I'm saying it's a, Yeah, but they're usually going, I know, I found they go the same speed as everyone else, even after they, you move out of the way, they're still uh, like going 25 miles an hour, the I school zone. So, so they still observe the school zone. So the point is, so let's say on Shabbat, for example, I can have a non-Jew go and do the take the person to the hospital or a Jew? Should I get the non-Jew to do it? Because it's less violation of Shabbat. So says the says very explicitly the Allah says no. Since the assumption is if it's a Jew running for fellow Jew, the response time might be quicker. Uh, for sure. So that's enough of a reason we don't say go get a, a non-Jew to drive. In a situation where you know there's no problem, let's say, uh, I mean, it depends on the case, but a uh, woman's in labor. So, okay, she comes from, you know, they're always screaming, it's coming, it's out, you know, that's always, um, right, so, so uh, is it, you know, again, if it's really coming out, you gotta, you gotta get it to the hospital quickly, but if not, um, it's better, you know, call a taxi. That is true. So there are cases we're going to dis- try to discuss. There are cases where how no, how far do you take this? Like we're saying with 100 apples, um, what about, you know, where it's a, uh, just a psychological thing. What about can the spouse, the woman wants her husband to come with her to hold her hand while she's in labor? Is, can he violate Shabbat? Okay, how much can you get 100 men to hold her hand to violate Shabbat? Right? So how far do you take it? Um, how far do we take this rule? So it's very important. We'll get back to that. The last sentence here is also very, very important. Um, remember, just because today is uh, Yom Hazikaron, let's bring that in a little. So I saw here he has a case just to show you how the question, the questions that are relevant to. Let's see if I fold it over in the proper place. Um, he had. A, I saw here he addresses a question from a doctor. Um, first of all, he talks about here two um, different interesting cases relevant to what's going on in Israel, but he says, um, what about even calling someone to calm their nerves? Let's say, can you do that on Shabbos? Let's say, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, the woman's in labor and she's worried about her kids, that they're, you know, no one, that the babysitter show up. She, you know, she left the hospital, she called the babysitter. Right. Is that enough of a reason to violate Shabbat? Because how far do you take this? Um, and we discussed this in the past, emotional issues. You know, meaning uh, the woman wants to, she's not calm. She's all ang- anxious in the hospital because she doesn't know if her husband's coming, if the kids are coming. So can I Shabbat by calling on Shabbat or by, right? So that's an interesting question he discusses here. Um, just one question, he says. What's going if they don't answer the phone? He says, uh, He's going on actually rocket attacks, or as you said, what word should we use? Missile. Missile attacks. Bombs. Yeah, rockets are not a 
the thing to use. So he says, in these days, this was written some other point when they were shooting missiles, when our enemies are shooting uh, uh, deadly missiles into our holy land. He says there's, there was a case, he was asked about this, where the parents are uh, have weak hearts. They're sick, they have uh, some type of heart ailment. And they heard on the news or whatever, they, they heard through the grapevine that this area where their kids live was shot by missiles, but they don't know if their kids are safe on Shabbat. Can they call their son on Shabbos to, to calm themselves of their anxiety and they have a heart condition? What would you say? Well, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, you, you added that and they have a heart yes. condition. Yeah, that's the case. <laughs> I'm talking about anxiety. You just uh, listen. Everyone has anxiety. If you're Jewish, you have anxiety. That's not the issue. Um, the question is, right? You're talking about someone who could affect their their physical health in a serious way. It's not only for the person. Well, then it's, then it's easy. It's but what is it going to fix? They may also need help. Yeah. He's saying a it's good a point. You're saying they may mean my You don't know stuck who needs help here. Right, so, so that's for sure. In the case where that, that that's not dealing, that's not a question. But Meaning, if you need, you think they might need help, they're stuck somewhere. I remember actually when I was uh, in Israel, as a, I was there during the Gulf War, um, 19, I don't remember, I don't want to age myself, but 1991, as a student in Israel, um, I think it's 91, and uh, the I was in a place for Shabbat once where there's, there's a new neighborhood in Jerusalem, like North Jerusalem, Ramot at that time, Ramot Gimel, so it was new. There was no air raid sirens. Um, so so they had to have a chain call, meaning every time the sirens went off, my, I was staying at my brother at the time, his brother-in-law would call him um, to tell him, by the way, there's a siren. There was no sirens. You couldn't hear it. There was nothing like, you know, like you right. So, of course, that's permitted. That's no question. I mean, you had to know if there's, a, if there's a missile coming in. You need to go out to go into the sealed room at the time. There's a question of gas. Yeah. All right. The question is, when you get that phone call, right. how do you know that you're supposed to pick up the phone on Shabbos? Oh, so listen, the most, uh, today, the problem is today you have all these, uh, what's it called? Robo. Robocalls. Robo. You're right. But, uh, but you can identify it. I actually have an uh, app, by the way, that tells me spam suspected fraud comes in on the call. So, yeah, but but the point is, yeah, yeah. right, so who has people have regular phones? One second, I want to finish addressing, can I address her question years. first? Can I address her question first? Could you wait another 40 seconds of your 40 years? So her question, so the point is like this, so uh, so yes, yeah, so listen again, if it's a suffix, you pick up, but if there's a chance they're calling you because of an incoming missile, then you pick up, even if it might be a robocall. You don't you don't take any chances. You always pick up the phone. Because no one else would call you because it's Shabbos. I mean, you wouldn't get a... No, but you could get a robocall, but I'm saying it's a suffix. I have this, my mother, I started leaving my... I used to shove my ringer on Shabbos, and then my mother's aide, uh, my mother fell on Shabbos or something, and they need to make a decision. Should they take it to the hospital? They called all my siblings, no one, no one, all their phones were off on Shabbos. So now I leave it on, and if my phone, uh, I leave my buzzer on at least. You know, because yeah. so I leave the whatever it's called, and I pick it up. If if I see someone calling, I'll pick up now on Shabbos. Might so be a robocall. Sometimes they speak Chinese. Because you never know when it's 
Yeah, but I'm saying it's not like, uh, you know, if you have no one in your family, what are you, what are you worried about? All your kids are in your house. Right. Yeah. You know, there has to be a limit. We're saying, obviously, as we're saying, it's very strict. But the question is, and we're going to try to address that, where do you draw the line? So he's, that was this question here. Could these people who have heart condition call their kid who lives in a place where the missiles were shot to find yeah. out if their kids are okay? They're not going to save their kid's life with this. You're right. saying, if it helps the kids, there's no question. But we're saying, the question is, because they have a heart condition and they're gonna, their anxiety yeah. might exacerbate their heart condition. <coughs> How far do you take that? I mean, because anything, like you're saying, you know, I'm anxious uh, to find out if my reservation tonight in the restaurant is, is uh, Saturday night is gonna, is, do they have my reservation for three? So am I allowed to call on Shabbat? I mean, how far do you take? Yeah. Okay, you so it's a good question. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's more a, a thing that has bothered me for, uh, I think about it from time to time. My kid was little. She was at a Jewish day school. She went to spend a Shabbos at a the rabbi's house. That was what they were going to do. She wasn't feeling well. She snuck a telephone call to me at home. Right. Okay. This is, I can't remember. I think it was tummy ache or something like that. I went to the house. Came in. The rabbi's there. You know, there special Shabbos. Come to take my kid home. <laughs> so he was upset. Yeah. The rabbi was upset. Uh, I think a little bit, yeah. But I mean, you know, the kid was upset as well. So what's what's your question? So what's well, bothering? Should have, what, what should I have done? I mean, you know, I got my kid calling me. I knew that it was. Uh, it was just a tummy ache, then you can, uh, you know. He said he could have taken care of it, that sort of thing. Okay. Speak to your local rabbi. I'm not your. Huh? I'm not your rabbi. Speak to your rabbi. For the f I'm giving you 40 seconds of being. I said I want. No, to it's not in. related. That's a different meaning for tummy ache. We're going to get to that. That's a different, whole different <laughs> issue. Here we're talking it's, it's about a, it, life. It's always bothered me. So here we're years. here we're talking about the potential for danger to life, an illness yeah. that is potentially. I don't think there's dangerous. any question. You go, you pick her up, you take her home. I did. So, so I'm yeah. saying that's no, a different. I don't think it was. I'm saying let me explain. This is that's a different right. question than what we're addressing. We're addressing today potential for danger to life. In a case where there's no potential for danger to life, a tummy ache, you don't assume it's uh, having cardiac arrest for a seven-year-old girl. It right? could yeah. be yeah. kids do have perforated appendices. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, could be that. Uh, yes. And the could be. Doctor, you know? Could be she was hit by an eighteen-wheeler, but she wasn't. Right. If she has a tummy ache, you don't rush. You don't. Do things. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna discuss the criteria. I, I, I didn't think it was appendicitis. And he's a I physician. He's it was not anxiety. Uh, you know. Okay, so let me just tell you his answer. Yeah. What would you say about this case? So Thank I'm you. saying, we'll get we'll get to your case in a couple of months. Uh, in a couple of months, um, okay. <laughs> uh, Ron is saying the case of the missile. The, can the couple call their son, who's in a city that had a missile land there? To relieve their anxiety on Shabbat. So Ram yeah. is saying, he's not. You're not saying to relieve their anxiety. You're saying it, they can do it because maybe the son needs help. So that I agree with. That's the case. There's no question. If the son might need help, of course you're allowed to call. Only the question is, I'm talking about just because they have a heart condition and they want to relieve their anxiety, can they call their son Shabbat? So what would you say in that case? Without, let's say they know the son. But I can't take away the part of the equation that a missile is hitting their son's city. I can't remove no, that's, that. That is part of the question. So right? therefore, I can't remove it. So therefore, there's suffix, and therefore, there's no problem. So what, I'm saying what, what has to be a valid suffix. Has to be the valid suffix. The missile is hitting his town. Yeah, no, I'm saying what's the suffix? They what? They maybe, might need someone to call injured, an ambulance for them. Maybe he needs help. Right. So maybe. I'm saying why would his neighbor? I mean, if he's injured, someone else. Is is gonna, like why would you assume you're suffix? living? Is, could there be a chance? Suffix, doubt. Doubt. Yeah, doubt. Is there doubt that something happened? 
Maybe. If it's right, so, so you're right. If that's the question, I agree with you, you 100%, it. but that's not the, but, the but issue here. But isn't that a question of how, what their response is? If who's there? Who's the parents, the ones that are making the call. Isn't it a question of their anxiety level? Yeah, yeah, well, that's the question, but that's what I'm saying. How far do we take? We're saying we're strict, and you got you don't uh, err on the side of caution. But how far do we take it? I mean, like this is a little. Have you started having palpitations? This is a lot. You're going to oh, have a lot. Okay, in the you're right. If doesn't if they're faring hard, you know, if they, <laughs> the guy is you know pulling out his ear, that's something else. It's real anxiety, but. Uh, you know, all Jewish parents have anxiety about their kids, and you know, it's not but the question. The you never have Shabbos. If you, if you say that not. a little anxiety allows you to call your children Shabbat, uh, I mean, you, you'll never. Let's you know what I mean? There's not going to be any let's Shabbos. Let's assume that they're machmir enough to know that I'm really anxious, as opposed to I'm a little bit anxious. Then it would be all right. And, uh, yeah, I'm saying if again, it's only if they have a heart condition. Like I'm saying, it doesn't mean you know they're just. Uh, yeah. The mother is nervous, and she, you know, that's not going to ruin a mahjong game. But go ahead. Okay, in this case, the father, right. But, but I think it's dangerous to call, because suppose you call and you find out the kid was just killed. A person with a heart condition could drop dead. You call, you call, you help dead. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you call, you call, you If the person was just killed, they're not going to answer the phone. So they, you don't have to worry about that. They're not going to pick up the phone, right? So, so let's see what he says. Why does the kid pick up the phone? Is it is a better question? He sees it's his parents, his elderly parents who have a heart condition. Same way I'm saying I pick up from my... I couldn't see that it was his uh, parents. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Good point. And that's the same way I pick up from my... If I see it's my mother's uh, caretaker, I'll, I'll pick up now. Yeah. Because I... Um, and by the way, I have a brother who said, no, it's not she's... Um, my sister... Said she saw the, the woman call and she didn't pick up. I said, You're an idiot. So well, I spoke to my brother and my other brother. Who, he said that you can't pick up just because uh, she might be calling because she needs new uh, stockings. You know, how do you know what she's calling about? She needs new depends, whatever it is. So I said, That's ludicrous. And I'm, I'm going to show you. And I read her this, this law. I told my sister, Tell my brother's an idiot and he's wrong. So let's see what the rabbi says here about this case. He says, um, She said I had a similar case. A woman gave birth on Friday, uh, Friday night, um, or Friday. And the, the child got sick, the infant got sick. And they transported the child to uh, some clinic for an operation. Do we allow the woman who gave birth, who halachically, we categorize her as a that means a woman who gave birth, I think, believe it's the first seven days, she's categorized as a, a patient who is dangerously ill, we categorize her, and therefore you're allowed to violate Shabbat for all her needs. Um, actually, sorry, I'm wrong. He says the first three days she's categorized as a, as a as a patient. Interesting how insurance now kicks you out after one day. Halacha says three days. Mm-hmm. She's categorized as a woman who's dangerously ill in the Shulchan Aruch. She's worried about her her infant was taken to another hospital for for emergency surgery. She just gave she just gave birth. Can she call the hospital to find out how her infant is doing on Friday night? Of course. I thought, I thought the question was being a beef. Can she go to the hospital with a child? That's what I thought the question was going to be. So obvious. Yeah. Why? 
because number one, you're just saying it's, no, no, of course. No, how no, can you torture the mother? No, no. If you this do, is this you're is saying her health could be at risk if she doesn't know that. That's the son. question. But you're saying you're just saying it's for me. sure. There's no, no problem. Yeah. But but the reality is, if you were to break it down halachically, you would say that her illness may be compromised because of her anxiety and her concern for her baby. Oh, so that's, if, but that's the only question. Of course. Yeah. So ultimately, if you're going to compromise her health because you're not allowing her to find out about her baby. Why would you do that? Just like flicking on lights. Is it the truth is, to, I mean, to me and you, is it really complicated? You know, you know. <laughs> no, turning on lights when someone yes. is about to yeah, die, okay, turning so off lights. Point, yeah. I mean, it's the right. same thing. Wait a minute. In the first three days, what, what, uh, shouldn't she be even been allowed to go to the hospital with her baby? Well, she can't go to. She herself is in the hospital. I'm assuming, or she's wherever she is. She's not trying. She's not trying to get to the hospital. Obviously, she would have went with her baby if they could have. Right. She's so clearly herself in the hospital. She just gave birth. <laughs> he took a, a baby birth. to a different claim. I thought already. it was a home birth. Whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's irrelevant. The point is, she didn't go with her baby for whatever reason. Okay, yeah, okay. Now so she she doesn't want to go. She wants to just find out if he's okay. She's anxious. But find out how the surgery went. Because what, uh, the, the yes, phone calls yeah, a violation. Yeah. Would Although, honestly speaking, by the way, the just the good to know this with cell phones today, and I just had this discussion with some <laughs> woman who's in her ninth month who spoke to me about how to, to deal with Shabbat. Um, cell phone today, especially with the apps, there's really very, according to my opinion, according to what I've read, and a little I understand, I'm not an engineer, cell phones, have, there's very little violation of Shabbat, using a cell phone on Shabbat. More than, and with the old phones was you're connecting a circuit here, it's all LED lights, which is no violation, there's very little violation. If you have a, a Uber app, to use it on Shabbat is, is probably no violation. So I told this woman, if she has Uber app, just to use that, to call a taxi, no, it's to go to go to the hospital on Shabbat. So there's very little violation today's cell phones, by the way, just as an aside. That's um, a major, this major uh, hell of a no one, No one will say this publicly. I heard uh, it. Uh, you said it. <laughs> yeah. This is not public. This is a family. This stays I mean, the family. Uh, anywhere you create a light... No, it's the light is LED. Fire, a light. Right. No, but the normal light, uh, uh, incandescent bulb. <coughs> we understand. A, this is nothing. This is a. It's a LED. It's not even LED. It's like. It's really nothing. Are you talking about quantity here? No, no, no. It's quantity? not considered well, fire. It's not considered no, fire. That, that's that's okay. debatable. Everything's I have debatable. A pacemaker. Everything's debatable. I kept my phone in my left pocket. It would be a violation of many things because it could kill me. So. Mm -hmm. And that's just a cell phone. What does that have to do with Well, it's the same thing you're Uber. talking about. Well, no, I'm saying it's no, has no negative. No, no, I just said as far as Shabbat is concerned, but there's, no, there's no negative. I'm not talking about negative. The question is, is it turning on a fire, electricity, we view as a fire or bone a building. So the question is, in this case, it's not. So it that's can, something else. Yes, it, it could also uh, turn it could save your life if you're shot and a uh, bullet hits the phone. It could save your life too. It has nothing to do with what Would we're talking. Would you prefer about. us not to quote you on that thing out in the public? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> depends who you're quoting it to. Okay, so he says like this. He says, so he shavnu. I answered this woman who asked me about uh, calling the son in the hospital. Not the son, but calling the hospital to find out. The best thing would be is in Israel that have a non-Jew call um, the hospital. Another non-Jew. What? What's the big thing? What's the difference? Is get the same answer. As long as we're able to minimize, why? Why not? So they'll tell her about the the uh, how her son is doing. 
is we're just talking about the needs of a ill person. If it's saving a life, of course we do it with the Jew, as we said. But if it's the needs, side needs, that you have a, a non-Jew available, and you can do it through a non-Jew, it's best no to do it. Oh, of course, no non-Jew. Of course. Okay. Then he goes on to say. So he says, "Veshalti et mori chami." I asked my father-in-law, Marana Gon Rabbi Yosef Shalom Yashev, who was one of the greats uh, of his day. Um, he died around six, seven, we eight, ten years this, ago. We should call this uh, talk today "Shades of Grey." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so he says, I asked my father-in-law about this case. If there was no Jew there. So he asked my father-in-law, well, let's say there's no non-Jew available. Would you be, would she be allowed to? And you're probably not going to like his answer. I don't remember what he said. We find, as, as uh, Ron mentioned, let's say you have a blind uh, woman who's giving birth. Okay? So Allah is, even if she says, I want the light on. Now she's blind. The light on or off is not going to make a difference. Still, the halacha says, Madlikim there b'Shabbat. You're allowed to go ahead and light a candle for on Shabbat if she it will calm her nerves. You could really just light her and say, The light's on, the light's off. Right, you could be cruel, but the halacha says, No. If a blind woman wants the light on when she's in, during labor, put the light on. You don't mess with women in labor. That's a cloud in life. Never mess with women in labor. The AFLP, the AFLP, Shemayalad, that Yecholali wrote. Even though the midwife can see very well without the light on, she's able to do her thing. In order to calm her nerves, shall you let it of the of the uh, of the woman in labor? She shouldn't worry. That the midwife might not be able to do her job so well without the light on. That's really what's happening. The woman in labor, she's fine. She's blind. She's not, not going to make a difference. But she's worried if the light's not on that the midwife is not going to be able to do as good a job. So that's right. going to calm her nerves. Says the you light, you turn on the light. Even though the midwife's saying, I don't need it. No question. No, but the midwife's saying, I don't need I it. I understand. So there's nothing practical. What's amazing here, I don't practically, know. you're not doing anything. Can by I turning tell you, you Shabbat. May, to have the light on or off probably does make a difference, but the midwife says, like, I've done this a thousand times. Okay. I'm fine. I can do it. But with the light on, it's a little easier. No, that's not why. We're allowing it to calm the nerves of the woman in labor. It's I not a bad. That's it's a point. perception. It's a perception by the mother. Right. Right. So I'm saying that's what's that's amazing here. It's not because we we're saying it really is hogwash. It's not going to help the midwife at all. But, but because the mother is anxious, exactly. So we're going to do it, even though we Perfect. could have lied there and said it's on. I agree. I've done that many times. This is very simple. My wife, yeah, so on. far, this is obvious. Okay. And so now, what are they saying so about the baby? Yeah, this many. You missed the the yes. He's saying, "Don't go into labor on Shabbat." Um, <laughs> Don't go into labor on Shabbat. I promise you, I never will. Okay. So and so from like now this. on. Um, so he says. So so again. So he's saying he when he broached the question to his father-in-law about this woman in labor. He said, just like we see, he's bringing this as a source, we see that you can violate Shabbat even to calm the blind woman who doesn't even know if the light's on because she wants, she has anxiety really, making sure, know. once I finish my statement, Makes she has anxiety, sense. finish, let me finish, she has anxiety because she wants the midwife to do the best job possible. Right. I mean, so, you, you know, you could take this to a crazy extent. You could say, listen, the midwife needs a latte, you know, let's cook a latte for our jobs because she needs to do a better job. And we had that question, we once addressed that. The doctor says, I'll do the surgery better if I smoke a cigarette before the surgery. Do you allow him to smoke the cigarette on Shabbat? Right, a surgeon says, before surgery, in order for me to be calm during surgery, I need to smoke a cigarette. 
right, today it wouldn't happen, God forbid. Um, you have to go four blocks down to smoke. But I'm saying, do you allow the surgeon to smoke cigarettes? It's a similar thing. I mean, how far do you take this? There has to be a cap somewhere. It's a different thing. Yeah, why? It's Sorry, a different thing. Explain, no, you're explaining this example as relieving the mother's anxiety because of a perception that perhaps yeah. the light might help the midwife, even though the midwife has already claimed well, that no. the light would not help. Right. Here in your separate example, you're suggesting that a surgeon, the person performing the act, is saying that their act Needs will be enhanced so saying that's even by more breaking reasons. Shabbat. So it's even that's, more. That's even more. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying you would let the guy smoke a cigarette? I mean, if he's the only surgeon in town and he says that his hands are like this until he smokes a cigarette and calms his hands down... You gotta let him do it. What are you gonna do? <laughs> and then there's the shades of gray in between... So, well, so you're saying the cigarettes is even more reason to be lenient. That's a good point. And if he's the only surgeon in town... Yeah, I got you. I got you. Hey. <laughs> what were you saying? I interrupted you. You, st you made a comment. Made a lot of comments. A blind person yeah. shouldn't, won't make any difference to that person. That isn't necessarily true. When there is light, if it's on, when you put a light on, there is a heat that's produced. Mm -hmm. I'm not blind, so I don't know, but it's very likely that rather it's sun or a yeah, but she's well, not saying that. That's not what well, she you wants. you don't know what she said, but you're saying it. No, no, she's and saying I want it for the midwife, not for herself. She's I know, saying. but you're saying that she needs it because there's a difference between the light on and the light off. If, if she needs it, there's blind, no question. One second, I want to explain it very clearly. That. If she needs it, there's no question we could do it. That wouldn't be a question. All the right, only question I'm, is because she doesn't need it, and she only needs but it you're making to, to, for the midwife. So, so I'm explaining you my comment. I'm now okay. I hear you. I heard what you said. I hear you loud and clear. Does so, but that's not the case here. I hear you loud and clear. Okay, I got you. Blind, but a lot of blind. So I, I just no. I understand that. I heard blind woman won't make any difference. And yes, sorry for saying that. I apologize. Probably all blind people or a man. Okay. Unless they're very. Blind man was in labor. Okay. Okay, we got you. We got you. Let me continue. Let me continue. Please, I got it. Okay, Natalie, Natalie. Natalie, we got it. I heard your point. Well taken. Thank you. So now I want to address this case. I want to get back to the question. So he says he asked his father in law based on this question, the Haitian. And he said, his father-in-law said, he answered in the question like this, Matsinu, Shemechalim Shabbat, Kishayilad, you might be addressing your point there actually. He said, we find that we violate Shabbat when the woman in labor, Do'eget al he. She's worried about her own life. That's when, meaning, as you're saying, that he says, the only time we find that you violate Shabbat is when the woman in labor is concerned about herself. He says, we don't find that we allow someone to do a violation of Shabbat Kedei. Uh, in that she's worried about the life of her child. He's saying like this, I think this is what he's, he's, he's making a contrast here. He's saying, we only find she's in we, the first three days after birth she's in Sakana therefore we're concerned about her life we let her we do whatever she she wants for herself turn on the light turn on the TV watch Oprah whatever she wants to do play Mahjong have a BLT 
First of all, there's no offence to playing Mojon. Yeah, if she needs... No offence. Seriously? Yeah, no, I'm saying if she, if she truly says she needs that. If she needs to have a baby, if she says she needs that, and that will calm her nerves, we'll have to do it. Yeah. But he's saying we don't find anywhere that... He says in all the sources about that discuss this, and there's a lot of the whole Gemaras that discuss so you let that, we don't find anywhere that we're cons- that we allow to violate Shabbat because of her concern for her son. The Chara, he says, what? so he explains, so he says, so he says, therefore, it's prohibited for these parents to call their kid to just to find out how they're doing. So now, which I don't, I don't understand it because, as you, as Ron said, and I agree with Ron so far, um, which is that, yeah, this, um, so the that uh, that it's not about the kid's life. It's only about my. Is you know, what we have to ascertain is is this anxiety going to affect their health, their heart condition, or in this case, the mother's the the woman who just gave birth condition. What's irrelevant is we don't so we don't find. It's just one question. Is there a chance of Sakanayr? So then we have to violate Shabbat. I don't know. Who cares if it's for them or it's for some? It's an outside factor. I don't understand the contrast. Yeah. Okay, so let's see if he explains what he says. He says, but there's a difference between the cases. With a woman who gave birth, even though we consider her in the category of an ill patient, the whole zot. He says, at the end of the day, Rak Echad Me Elef Meita, only one in a thousand women, I don't know where he's getting these numbers from, in those days, in the times of the Talmud, die of childbirth. Okay? Even even in those days. Today it's probably much days, more. Today it's probably much more. Um, much less, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Much less. So he's saying, even in the times of the Talmud, it's one in a thousand. He brings quotes from that, other books. And he says, Therefore, that's why we do it, even when we require you to violate Shabbat, we allow you to violate Shabbat for your that you do it with a shinui. That means you can minimize the violation. We'll get to that in a later time. If it's possible to minimize, you do it like with your elbow, let's see you turning on the light. So you do it in a weird way that's not considered a biblical violation. Anytime you're not doing the act in a normal manner, this is very good to know on Shabbat, you do it in a non-normal manner, you know, it's not biblical. Okay, it's only rabbinically prohibited. So we, we do that. But if someone has a heart condition, he says, He says, if someone has a heart condition, and according to the doctors, it's possible that the anxiety can cause them, um, their stress can cause them to endanger their, their situation. So there's no question, it should be mutter for them, it should be permitted for them to call on Shabbat. So he's saying there's a difference between a woman who just gave birth, her categorized um, endangerment to life, and a person who has a heart condition. Heart condition is is a serious thing, right now, and an anxiety can call can exacerbate the heart the heart condition. Stress can cause we know that stress can cause a cardiac arrest or whatever whatever it, uh, the medical terms are. So he says, he says, we find, and he mentions, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, he said, we find by Sarah Imenu, by Sarah, like, like he said, if they call the kid and the kid, found the kid died, they could have a heart attack also. That's what happened with Sarah. The Medrash says, when Sarah heard the news that Yitzchak was uh, almost yeah, sacrificed in that kid, that she dropped that on the spot. Okay, so he says, so basically he says, he holds that it's permitted for the parents to call their kid in the city that had a missile shot into it on Shabbat, but he says better to do it through a guy. Okay. No, I'm saying why? If, if you can have, if you can get to your neighbor and do it, there's no emergency here. You go next. Listen, if 
the person's like this chest pain. Ignoring the importance of relationship between fathers, mothers, their children. Hearing the children's voice. They're ignoring that. Of course. Well, that, uh, that's a okay. new. That's a new modern. Well, it's not that modern. I mean, the relationship between parents and their mm-hmm. children is a pretty special thing, going back to biblical times. Hey, you know, I'm saying, but that's not. Again, we're, we're not getting into the fluffiness of it's it. It's not so fluffy. No, no, no I understand. What I'm saying is, we, we, we no, it's, what's gonna? Is this will take? If, if they find out their son is okay, because the nurse called for them in the hospital, and now they know their son's fine, so their anxiety will go away at the end of or, the day. Or will they continue the anxiety? You're right. If, or if the you're mother saying talking to the nurse directly, who's taking care of her son, would be a much okay. Better. So you're right. No, it's in a case, and I agree with you. Meaning, in a case where they're saying, "I need to hear my son's voice," you're probably right. Well, the know. baby, she's not going to hear. Right, right. But I'm saying is, meaning, I'm directly. saying in a case where the where the mother says, "I need to hear my child's voice," or "I need to speak." And directly to find out what's going on, then you're 100% correct. I agree with you. But the question is, you know, you know, you have to assess each situation. Meaning, most people, I think, would be fine. Okay, they're fine. <coughs> you know, hey, you need to know. You're right. I, I don't know. I'm not yeah. saying it based on facts. The only thing that I, the only real experience that I have is that when people have surgery, after surgery, the family wants to talk to the doctor. There's somehow this. Is almost like a ritualized uh, relationship between the family or whoever's waiting for the patient that just had an operation and their desire to talk to the surgeon right after the surgery. If they weren't able to talk to the surgeon and talking to a messenger from the surgeon, it would not be right, the, the same. The nurse comes out, it's not the same. Yeah, the nurse says, oh, yeah, everything's fine, everything, your, your, sons, your daughter's great, you know, probably they're in recovery room. Like they want to talk to the surgeon. Right, they want to hear it directly from the right. So it's uh, a, it's a very good point. Story. I hear you. I'm gonna write that down inside. Seriously, that's an excellent like, point. It's an excellent point. Um, um, so I just wanted the last. We didn't get to the last sentence. It's one in six thousand births Today. nowadays. Wow, mm-hmm. in, the, in the United States. What's yeah. one in That woman, a woman uh, dies in childbirth. So. But they define it as two third. One third of that is at during childbirth itself. One third is during the first week. Wow. And then another third is during the first year. Wow. Well, what does that mean? I mean Maybe it's, it's really one in 18,000. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so let's, so let's finish. I just want to finish the last statement here. I mean, people just... It's, uh, it's 18.5 deaths per 100,000 live births. When you divide it out, it's about yeah. 6,000. Being recorded. Heaven forbid. I'm trying to think. Let's not talk about the relative. And the uh, child child rates. Rates. Uh, that's interesting. Right. I, I'd like to know how. Is that currently? Current? As of yeah. 2013. 2013. Okay, so that's pretty current, yeah. Well, it's gotten worse. Hmm? Okay, we're getting, getting up there. Yes. Okay. Oh, it's getting yes. worse? It's getting In the United States, yeah. Uh, the rest of the world is doing better. With Obama's the fall. non-white population, <laughs> right. that uh, prenatally, they're not It's also racial. Is the world doing in the United States? Sorry. When they're pregnant. This was in the U.S. In the U.S. it's supposed to be worse. Meaning, again, we're just showing that statistically, and Ron is pointing it out, that the category, what we even, what Halacha considers a danger to life, and we do still, even though the numbers change, interestingly enough, to a woman who just gave birth, 
is not the same as someone with a heart condition. Heart condition, anxiety or stress and the heart condition is a much more of what he's conscious is much more serious than a woman who just gave birth. That's what well, he's saying. But yes. that article back to so first of all, just to sum it up, we what we say we, I just want to show you and I'm and I'm not sure myself, there has to, even though we're saying we as strict as possible when it comes to Bikur Nefesh, the question is there has to be a line somewhere. We still can't say it's there's no line, we like we're saying, you know, I need a cigarette, I need there's a lot of people who claim anxiety on Shabbat. You know, some people say the rabbi's speech. They can't sit through it though. That's what <laughs> Kiddush Club them is anxious. for. Right. Exactly. Huh? That's what Kiddush Club is for. Right. So I'm saying, so where do you draw the line? So I don't know the answer to that, but he's, I'm just showing you that there's a lot of discussion of various cases of how far do you take this? Um, so so maybe we'll get back to it. I, I don't have a clarity in exactly so the guidance. So saying if you find a non-Jew, great. What if you can't find a non-Jew? You can do it. Then you call. So, yeah. I think uh, I think yeah. so. If there's a ch- in the case of the heart condition, for sure, yeah. And I'm saying it's better to minimize it. In the case of the heart, of if the there's no parents. heart condition. Oh, there's no heart condition. You can't do. It. What do you mean? You just want to know how. Yeah, if they got bombed. Right, uh, that's not sufficient. If there's a danger, it's only because of danger to your life. Again, if there's a chance, like you're saying, they need rescue, 100%. You need to call. You should drive there. That's that's not a question, also. So I want to get to the, the last statement here, just to finish off. So we're almost out of time. The last statement, the Shulchan Aruch, and then we'll stop. Is uh, it says, not, so first of all, we said a few things. Um, he said, a few things he said. He said, number one is, it's obligatory to run to save a life. Number two is, even we also mentioned on the side, and the quicker you run, uh, the more praiseworthy you are. And we said, even if there's a hundred apples, a hundred people running, you run anyway. Okay? And then number, the last statement, which is an unbelievable statement, then we'll interpret it, says, Hashoel, not only that, just Hashoel, one who goes and asks the rabbi, says, listen, I don't know the answer, I'm going to Google this, can I violate Shabbat? Woman's and my wife's in labor, what do I do? Go speak to a rabbi, go call the rabbi, or try, the rabbi's not going to pick up the phone, Shabbat, to go find the rabbi, run three blocks to his house. Hareza Shofer Damim, he is a murderer, he is a spiller of blood. Okay? The question what that means. You hear this? Don't ask your rabbi anything. Um, he says like this, the Shulchan so, so this is a very, um, I mean, troubling statement. Listen, why they, you have to ask the rabbi. You're supposed to ask the rabbi. So he's saying, no, when it comes to someone's life, don't ask questions. Always err on the side of caution. Obviously, in these cases where you do have questions, um, first of all, is a case where it's before Shabbat, or no, it's where there's time. If, of course, there's time, there's not a question of, of a, it's not an emergency, so then you can go ask the rabbi. But in the, if it's a question of emergency, even if what we're saying, as we said before, safek, which means it's a doubt, don't ask the rabbi. If you do, because by going to ask the rabbi, why you're murdered? Because in that little time, if someone's in cardiac arrest, guy says, I have uh, pain. I had this last week. My elderly neighbor called me. She said that she, she her blood pressure is like 170, I remember, I think she said, and she's having chest pain. She's 90 years old. So she said, but I don't want to go to the hospital. So I immediately called 911. You don't listen, you know, you know it's, this wasn't Shabbat. It's actually Friday. But the point is, you, you don't play around, right? What if you it happened, Shabbat? Yeah, cool. same thing. She's not, I mean, she's Jewish, but not observant. But it's not the point. Doesn't she doesn't matter want, what she is. She's still yeah, yeah. So I called her immediately. I called the fire department. They took an EKG. She said she's better than anyone else's EKG. She said she's totally fine. But the point is that the bottom line is, right, so you don't play around. You don't, if you go ask those few seconds delay, could could literally cause the loss of life. So, but there's another interesting uh, another statement here. The commentaries explain 
this same statement, just to finish off here, it says like this, he says, this is the Chafetz Chaim speaking, so he says, um, first of all he quotes, by the way, it says, Mitzvah Las Rufua, he quotes this Pasuk in last week's parasha, V'chai Ben, um, that's the obligation, in other words, he had an obligation to override Shabbat, and he says like this, he says, V'ashoel, perish, um, who's he talking about? He asks the one who asks. He says, "Oh, so ish that person? Shum is chased. He's a chased. You know, he's a he thinks I'm a pious person. Like, I'm not going to go to the hospital on Shabbat without speaking to my rabbi. So he thinks he's a pious person. Shabbat, and he's scared of violent Shabbat. The cholik is there. without a psak halacha. Harei he's a murderer. Shabbat shehu alech." Um, because bef- before he goes and asks the rabbi, but at the time he's wasting, he asks the rabbi, Lishol, Yechashachol, the, the condition might worsen, Yuchel Istaken, and he could put, him, put the person in danger. Don't stand out of the That's this week's parashim, Kedoshim. Therefore he says, You're an idiot. You're a fool. You're a, you're a murderer. Okay, all the above. Now he brings it just to. I don't always blame it. Sometimes you got to blame the rabbi. So he says, Yushalmi says a different interpretation of the statement. Yushalmi Isa, Hanishal, it changes one letter. The qu- question is here, Shokhanah is saying, Hashoel Areze Muguna. The one who asks is a, is not Muguna, is a Shofardam, is a murderer. Yushalmi, that's, that's the Bavli, the Talmud, the Babylonian Talmud. In the Jerusalem Talmud, it says a different letter. It says, Hanish, uh, what do I say? It says, um, Hanishal Areze Muguna. The one who he asks from, um, <coughs> meaning the rabbi is the murderer. Okay? If you have a congregation. Ah, exactly. About this mitzvah. Exactly. Says Yushalmi, says, <laughs> He says, why? Actually, their language is Meguneh. It's disgusting. He doesn't say murderer. But he says, The rabbi's obligation is to make sure that every congregant understands that when it comes to life, you don't mess with life. Allah is out the window. We don't care. You know, meaning, and you always are on the side of question. And the fact, he says, that they need to know and they don't have to come on Shabbat. He needs to get up and give a speech and make sure everyone comes is there that, that Shabbos and give a speech explaining that when it comes to violation of life, Allah is irrelevant. And give this class in his congregation. So he says, and he says, um, so he says, therefore, the rabbi is the is the murderer, disgusting person in this case. So that's a very interesting point. Um, another bashing of rabbis. And then he goes on to say, If the patient is scared to violate Shabbat, he says, You force him, you talk to him, um, and convince him, It's a pious idiocy. Okay? Don't be firmer than the Torah. Okay, there's a very big problem um, in some communities where people try to be they, they corn and whatever else, and they go just to make a comfortable circle. Don't be more pious than the Torah. And next week we'll talk. You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethic Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j ethics.org. Shalom.